Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hello. Um, I'm a little annoyed at you right now, by the way. Mm. Just letting you know, mm. even though it's my birthday. Mm. I know, <laughs> I was about to give a birthday speech, but oh, then you just please said do. that. Speech. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I was going to, but first, please, tell me why you're annoyed at me, but, and then let me give you the birthday Because I was speech. ready to record with you an hour ago. And you were like, give me 10 minutes, and here it is an hour later. You were recording a voicemail. I know, but I, like, I had like two cocktails already, and you know, mm. I want to be good to record. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for you. Oh, that's yeah. very sweet. <laughs> but happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. 45th. Oh, God. I know. Can you believe Closer it? Closer to 50. 50. Mm-hmm. That scares the shit out of me for some reason. Fifty scares the yeah. shit out of you. Why does fifty? Scare I don't the shit know. Out of you? Like it shouldn't, right? But like the number just yeah, I get that, that number scares. That's like I'm thinking back to when I was a kid. Like fifty is old. Well, forty was old when you were a kid too. I remember right. my mom's fortieth birthday. I was like, shit. Well, you know what's so funny? Like I always, I think I even said this on the podcast uh, a few times. How I feel like we don't look like we're older like we're adults like i remember being as a kid and like adults look like adults mm-hmm. i don't think we look like adults i don't think our friends look like adults we don't look like you know grown people yeah I, the styles and everything also that well, have changed it's right funny because it's, it's the styles I, like google must have been listening to me because some article popped up on a ad feed whatever i was on whether it was like facebook or whatever and it was, do people look younger today than they did, you know, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. And so was, I guess I'm not the only one who feels this way. Oh, no. There are lots of memes about it. And everything. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. So it's like a thing. It's not yeah. Just like me- our okay. parents were like adultier adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like seem more responsible, seemed, I mean, it just. But, but if you look at them, you're like, oh, that's a dad or that's a mom, obviously. Right. But like, if you look at us, it's like, oh. Did they, did they have kids? <laughs> well, know? not me, you. No, I don't think so. I just think us as a generation, all of us, right. we just don't look the part. Right. You know? Right. We well, don't... it's true. I mean, I think I do think that a lot of it has to do with the styles and everything. I mean, look, that there were perms and, you know, I just like, I feel like, I don't know. It was like Laura Ashley was a store. And I don't even know what that means. It's like, a, you know, it was very... Um, I feel like people dressed more conservatively and... Right, like the dads were like balding and had the mustache and the glasses and the button down. Like they looked like a dad. That's (laughs) that's how I always felt. And I look at me wearing my Zildjian t-shirt and my shorts and like... 
Right. You know, like I just don't feel no. like an adult. Like I don't feel like I'm going to be 50 in five years. Yeah. And I think my parents were much more serious than we are. You know what I mean? Like yeah. my mom has a great sense of humor, but I don't think that they were as loose and laid back as we are. Like, I think there was a lot more, I don't know. I mean, my dad, you know, like it was, they were just more serious. I feel like your dad was a dad from like day one. Right. Like since birth. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, he, he was, was like was, born with a pocket protector. He, he was and, born in a Zeta. Yeah. <laughs> right. Know? Right. Well, speaking of which you say 50, we just had my dad's 80th mm. birthday celebration. And I mean, eight, like he's, he, you know, he was like, when he said the words, he was like 80. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which obviously he's so lucky. You know, you want to be alive at 80, God willing, but it's 80. I know. It's, listen, it's scary. Like we're, we're at the age where it's, you know, you're mm-hmm. thinking about the number now and it's kind of frightening. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know 45 is not old, but right. I know what's next is. I was just listening to an interview. Chelsea Handler was interviewing Martha Stewart. I actually really, I like, Martha Stewart is great on interviews. She's actually really funny. And yeah, everything. totally is. Um, and, Mar- and Chelsea Handler was like, okay, so what is the best thing about getting older? And like, I could list a whole bunch of things, you know, about getting older. And Martha Stewart was like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> and Chelsea's like, no, no, no. You ha- There has to be something you like about getting older. And she was like, Absolutely nothing. Well, I don't even know if I believe her. How old is she? I would say maybe sixty-seven. Okay, so I'm what? guessing. And she she hooked up, not hooked up in a hooked up sense, but like <laughs> met up with Snoop Dogg. Like what, ten years? Like they do a thing together, don't oh, yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very good friends. Yeah, that's my point. Like she's obviously like keeping young and doing some fun stuff, and you know, right. some cool guys, and like doing. You know, yeah, the, the fun things, you know, at right. her age. So, right. She yeah. said she's waiting. She's waiting for some of her friends to die so that she can date their husbands. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. So we are continuing last week's episode about which we did yesterday. So when I say last week for mm-hmm. us, you know, it's a, it's last night, 12 hours later. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So we got through the cats. So we're not going to talk about cats anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I got through my bullet points. That's what we were talking about. Uh, we, we got through a bit of the Mia situation, the Ian situation, but we're going to, I think what we need to get into here is the us situation throughout this whole one month period that we just went through. Okay. Right. So it's more about the us and how we've handled it, handled it and you know what we've been doing together to get through this. I said I had pages of stuff that, you know, questions that you asked me, like always, that we didn't even get into. So I, I kind of want to get into that stuff. Okay. okay. And you don't, right? So I'm kind of like leading You're this thing totally here. You're totally leading this thing. I see you staring at me. Like, I what else are you going to say? I think I said everything <laughs> yesterday. And and I, the second half of the episode, you know, we, we've had such a stressful few weeks that I have been looking forward to sitting down and having these cocktails and recording. Um, and I'm not sure I fully remember everything I said the second half of the episode. <laughs> so I might repeat myself. That's okay. Right. Yeah. It'll just like that way. It'll just be more um, solidified in people's minds. Well, whatever you say is always worth repeating. So <laughs> everybody will appreciate everything you have to say. <laughs> All right. Well, as we get older, I'm be repeating more and more. So. Um, okay. So the first question that you asked me was, 
how do I describe the situation in the past couple of months that we've been going through and how it's been different from anything that we've dealt before as parents? Yeah, and I already did that in, with the slapstick comedy. <laughs> right, so you used comedy boing. too. <laughs> <laughs> we listened to that part. <laughs> and all you hear is me going, boing. <laughs> right, yeah, that was fun. But as I said, um, I love your take in using comedy to try to describe and explain, but no. Like, there's no comedy whatsoever to explain our last month, you know, being parents. But come on, isn't that what our summer has felt like? Like, you see all those, you know, those TikTok videos of people, like, you know, dressed up at their wedding and they're, like, about to have a great time and they, like, you know, slip and rip their dress or they, right. you know, a cake gets falls down on them or whatever. No, like, that has been the whole, our whole summer. I love the Three Stooges and Tom and Jerry analogy and, you know, I Thank get you. it. It Thank makes you. sense. I, got, I made that up myself. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> I just felt like for the first time, as parents, we we had three kids away at the same time, which has never happened before, ever. Like in 17, well, not 17, because when Mia was born, she did go away. Or we went away when she was, <laughs> well, we took our first vacation when she was, what, nine months old? Mm-hmm. Right, we went to uh, California. Right, but... Since all three kids are born, we've never been alone in the house. So we finally had this opportunity to have a week or two alone. So we thought. I took off from work. We had plans. We were, you know, we we were gonna work. We were gonna, you know, bond together. We were gonna have, you know, go out to dinners. We were we were just gonna like just be and just be together. And none of that happened. And we were so arrogant about it for so long too. Everybody would be like, Oh, what are your kids doing this summer? We'll be like they're not going to be home. Right. We're going to be by ourselves. Like we told everybody, which was the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, but it, but we thought, you know, they were all in that. We, we talked about this in the last episode, so I won't get into it. But we thought they were all in their area. Like they were going to be perfect. And it, what, you know, what they were going to do was perfect for them. So they were going to be happy and everything was going to go perfect. Like we had this thing in our mind. But what happened was, you know, we had this like glimmer of hope that they were all doing their own thing. They were in these new temporary environments and they were going to like find themselves and learn about themselves and grow themselves and, you know, be in these places that they, we knew, we thought we knew that were perfect for them. But instead, you know, like we said, Jonah did great. So two out of the three, it kind of, they kind of had the opposite effect. Like they took a huge step backward, I think. Like real, like real quickly. And now we have to like kind of start over and figure out, oh, wait, what happened with them? We thought we did all this work and research to find out what was perfect for them. Now we're finding out it's not. They had these issues. Now we got to start over and find out, you know, and we were doing that with this week that we thought we had off. Well, I only partially agree with that. Okay. I I feel like, yes, we look. We, I, I think that we could not have found a better fit program for each of them. Like yes, you we said, did. Jonah loved it. You know, he was a little bit homesick at times, but he loved it. Mia didn't give it a chance. Right. So it's not that it wasn't a perfect fit program. And yes, what she did was very immature and wrong and disrespectful. And, you know, she she handled it all wrong. And she, again, she will tell you all of this herself. I actually have a quote from her. I was like, do you want to talk on the podcast? 
and she was going somewhere where she was like, I'll give you, a, you know, I'll, I'll give you a quote. Because I said to her, what do you want people to know, like, about what you learned? Because she's been very open. Like, the first thing people ask, oh, how was your summer program? And she's like, I had a temper tantrum and I left. I was super immature. Mm-hmm. She'll tell anybody. But I said, you know, do you regret what you did and she or what happened? And she said, I don't regret it because I learned so much from it. I need to put more thought and care into my decisions from now on. I learned that something I do impacts so many more people than I realize. And I need to treat others with respect through how I act. Mm -hmm. So she didn't understand. Like when she came home, the first thing the therapist said, because she and I did a session together. The first thing the therapist said to her was, what okay so you would send these emails right so she's sitting behind her screen and this is just also a good lesson for just kids and screen time and what you send out into the world and everything so she's sitting there in her world feeling like you know in her little situation feeling like I gotta get out of here so I'm gonna write whatever it takes right she went for the jugular she was you know it's not safe which is total bullshit you know I I got to get out of here. I've been through so much this year. All of these things, right? And then we're receiving that. And she's not thinking about all the ways it's affecting us, the counselors at the camp, the other kids at the camp. So one thing that the therapist did that I thought was really smart was she said, okay, so what happened when you sent that text? And her first thing was, you know, I waited to get a text back. She said, no, 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 no. What happened on the other end? Mm -hmm. What happened to everybody else? What happened to your mom when she got that? What happened to your dad when he got that? What happened to, you know, your counselors when your mom then is calling them and they're calling? What happened to... So she kept saying... So Mia would give an answer and the therapist just kept saying, and what else? And what else? Because there were so many layers that Mia wasn't even thinking about. Yeah. She was throwing this spoil tantrum, so without thinking, all right, number one, the counselors are trying so hard mm-hmm. to help you, mm-hmm. right? So you're affecting them. Your friends, or not not even your friends, because you didn't give them a chance, but right. your peers around you, you know, they're, they're having this negative impact because of your attitude, right? You're texting your parents, so you and I are dealing with this on such an emotional level that she doesn't even understand, mm-hmm. right? I it, She wants to come home. Oh, I have to spend right. all day driving right. to go get her, pick her up and bring her home. We're obviously speaking to her grandparents. You know, you t- talking to your parents. I'm talking to my mother. You know, like they're worried. Like mm-hmm. everybody's worried. Everybody's driving. Everybody like there's problems on every angle. All just because you sent an email that you're not happy because the bathrooms are messy. Right. And you want to come home. Right. And you threw a tantrum. Right. And none of it was real. I mean, it was real that she wanted to come home, but the circumstances were not real. Right. So, you know, so then there's that whole issue of, all right, you know, the the boy who cried wolf, right? The, well, now, you know, people aren't going to believe you or people aren't going to want to give you opportunities or, but the part that I don't agree with, you said she took a giant step back. I disagree. She took a giant leap forward. After she took that step back. Right. But it was pretty immediate. That she, you know what I mean? Extremely. Right. But what I'm saying was the situation at hand was she took a huge step back. And then we had to deal with that. And then we had to deal with that. And then she took the step forward because Mm -hmm. like I said in the last episode, you know, I had the the quick talk with her in the car. Then we came home and we had the big talk with her. Yeah. And immediately she was, you know, ready to move forward. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So, yeah, she did take the huge step back. Right. We just wound up having to do a lot more work than we had hoped and anticipated. Yeah. I mean, we were so... I don't know if we were fantasizing about this week of, oh, everybody's away and they're doing their amazing thing for themselves and we're just going to be doing our thing because we have no worries. Like, I think I got into that mindset of, like, I was kidding myself. You know, like I thought like, we were, you know, I've, I've been working nonstop and, you know, you've been so crazy with the kids and getting them ready for these programs. And, you know, we thought we were just going to have a break. Mm-hmm. No, that did not happen. But I also think that there's the other side of that, which is, you know, I have a lot uh, this year in particular is a year where a lot of my friends and family members are sending their last kid off to college or their kid off to college. So I know a lot of people who are about to be empty nesters. Uh And, you know, there have been times in our relationship where I would sort of have been like, shit, I don't want to be an empty nester with Adam right now. And I know Adam doesn't want to be in it. Like we weren't at the right place for it. And, and, you know, we, we wouldn't have taken advantage of the time being alone. We wouldn't have even probably wanted it you know there was a time when I probably would have like been planning things by myself or you would have been planning things by yourself but the nice thing about this is that at this particular moment we were really excited to be together I was so excited to be with you mm-hmm. just alone right and do our thing right but I think that that also is you know a positive that we really did want to be together and I have to be honest before the kids went away, I couldn't wait for them to go away because we had struggled so much with them. And I realized that's during school and it's a different vibe, right? During school, it's a constant, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I know it's summer right now, but we did just go through all this stuff with them. We're about to go on vacation with them. And I'm in a place right now that I haven't been for a really long time with all three of our kids that I'm really excited to be away with them. Yeah. And, and had had we planned that like a year ago, we I don't think we were even like, oh, let's plan a trip, the five of us, because we needed such a break from them. But I don't feel like that right now. All right. I, I got to lead this thing, huh? You have nothing. I, got, <laughs> you, I, got, I, I said most everything that I wanted to say. Okay, don't worry. I have plenty more. Okay. Okay. Let's take a, let's take a break. Okay. And uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I thought when you named it, was it this episode or last episode, Pivot? Yeah. Whichever one it was. Episode. I thought that was perfect for this episode. Because, all right. So you asked me what were our greatest concerns when going through all of this. And I thought that we were finally like on a path to figuring our kids out and what they need to grow and what they need, you know, for themselves. And we thought we they were there. We thought that was happening. But like I said before, you know, I feel like they took a step backwards and now we had to pivot and say, oh, maybe that's not what they need. What do we have to look, you know, towards now 
to have them grow from this experience they just went through that we thought that that was the growth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, so we have to pivot to like, oh, okay, now we have to figure these things out too. And that was kind of my biggest concern about going through this whole thing. We thought we did it and now we got to do it again. Right. Well, when it all first happened, I felt like a failure, you know? Right. I felt like, first of all, I felt like, oh shit, I'm doing it just a terrible job as a parent. And which I kept saying to you, cause you said that to me. A ton of so times. I kept saying to you like, no, you did so much research. You did so much to find out what's perfect for them individually. And it like, in theory it was. Right. It but just you- didn't turn out that way for the reasons they didn't. I think we we figure if we're going to if we give our kids the opportunities and they're going to just take full advantage of them and, you know, great things will come from them. And look, you always hear stories about, you know, oh, my daughter went to Europe this summer and she absolutely loved it and it was wonderful. No one's telling you the stories of my daughter went over to Europe. It was a shit show and she had to come home or like this stuff does happen. Kids, you know. Are a lot of kids, the opportunities don't work out or, you know, it doesn't go as as planned. And there's a lot of circumstances out of our control, right? Like we talked about the number of boys that were in the trip mm-hmm. that he went on. You know, we talked about the fact that, you know, with with Mia, it she just there was no way that she could have stayed after what she, you know, what she went through. That was completely out of our control. We couldn't say to her, just stay and work it out, right? Like there are circumstances that are just beyond our control. And I think that all we can do is give them these opportunities and what they do with it is their own. That's beyond our control. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, that's why I think like, would you do anything differently? My answer is no. Like, I think we did everything as we thought was the right way to go and the right things to do. Yeah. I don't think I would do anything different. Like, I think, you know, you did the research and found these perfect, you know, places and situations for all three kids individually. What else could you do? You know? Right. And the only thing I would say is when I got that email saying there were only going to be 10 boys and 40 girls, you know, maybe I should have been like, oh, shit, maybe this isn't the program for him. But at that point, he was so excited about it anyway mm-hmm. that I don't even know that it would have done anything. And, you know, it also could have been the opposite. Like, had I changed the program, that one might have ended up being perfect. And then I would have always been thinking, oh, you know, he should have just stuck with that one. Or So... Whatever we do, you know, look, we're doing our best mm-hmm. and, and that's what's the most important thing. And, you know, that's why I said in the last episode, redirection is not a failure. Now, stepping back, this seems like a huge success to me on some levels. Right. It still sucks when people are like, how did Mia like camp? And you're like, oh, she came home. You know, people are that that seems like a failure, right? A lot of kids come home from sleepaway camp and you've planned for it and you, you know, you've you've invested all this time and money and whatever. And then they come home and you're like, oh, it feels like a failure. Right. Yeah. Like if they say, well, how did Ian enjoy California? And you're like, well, he did it. But let me show you the texts. Right. 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 You know, he made it. But not really. Well, and he does talk about the stuff he likes also. And like I said, he doesn't say, I don't want to do it again. He Mm -hmm. says, I want to do it differently, which is great and kind of a testament to him. But 
it also, like we said, it opened our eyes to the things that we need to do. And, you know, they say little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems, which I somewhat agree with and somewhat don't. But with little kids, the difference is, you know, you have all that time, right? Your kid, your little kid is behind on something or it seems like, you know, maybe you need to intervene in some way, you know, whatever the problem is. But you're like, OK, you know, they're four or five years old. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of time. It's still scary. It still sucks. But there's time is on your side. As your kid gets older and they're a teenager, you know, and like Mia, who's leaving probably for college in a year, less than a year, you start to say to yourself, oh, shit, like the clock is ticking fast. And I don't have that same amount of time. So even though I do believe in some ways bigger kids bigger problems you know you're dealing with a lot of stuff that you might not be dealing with when they're little also it's the time factor it's that oh my god I didn't make good enough use of my time I was concentrating on the wrong things how could you know how could I let this all slip by and now this is happening so that factor of it like makes it so much scarier yeah I mean I I a little bit disagree with you about the little kids, little problems, because I full wholeheartedly believe in that too. Like all of our kids walked late, right? Like they were walking at what? 15, 16 months, 18 months, 18 months. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like I knew they were going to walk. You know what I mean? Like it was going to happen. Like, yes, most of their friends were walking before them, but I knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Listen, I know there's, situations out there that have real major issues. That's not what I'm talking about. Sure. Right. But when you're in it and everybody else understood. Yeah. But like, I knew, you know, at 15, 16 months, if they're not walking yet in two months, they're going to like, they're going to do it. Like Mm -hmm. I knew that they didn't have a disability. Thank God. Like they didn't have whatever, like it was going to happen at this age. You know, socially, are they going to be able to get there? Is it going to happen? It's not like I know they're going to walk. I don't know if they're going to be able to socially be the people that they want to be socially. Like, I don't know. Like, it's under their control now. It's not under, you know, the plan of some kids walk early, some kids walk later, some kids speak early, some kids speak late. Like, those things are going to happen. I don't know if these things are going to happen for our kids, you know, at this point the things that they're missing. And that's what scares me. That's what makes me sad. Mm. You know, it breaks my heart when, you know, if Ian's trying to, you know, be with the popular kids and that's just not him. That's not his group. That's not his, you know, and they leave him out because he doesn't have the personality that they do, or he's Mm -hmm. a different kind of kid and he'll never be with those kids, you know, but he wants to so bad. And I just keep saying to him, find your people, Mm -hmm. find the people that, are into the things you're really, truly, wholeheartedly into, not the things you're into because you're trying to be into the same things as the popular kids. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So, like, there's no control. There's no, like, you know, obviously, you know, you walk at some point. Not at this, you know, not at this point with him. Obviously, you don't become friends with those kids. Like, that. they're not his people. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. He's going to... Not at all. It is if he keeps trying and failing. But we're working on that now. 
Absolutely. Right. But but that's what makes me sad. That's what makes mm. my heart break. Yeah, it that's, is. Yeah, right. You know what I'm right. saying? And there's no control over that. There's no, nothing in my mind saying, well, I know that's going to happen for him. Yeah. Because well, it's not. Well, when our kids were probably younger. Probably not. When our kids were younger also, I had a lot of control over things. Mia always struggled socially, but the moms made the plans. Right, as little kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the moms call each other up and are like, hey, you know, can this such and such play? As a teenager, your parents can't do that for you anymore. Nor should, should they Of do course. That. But what I'm right. saying is that they can't, <clears throat> you, we can't do that for them anymore. They're so much more on their own. Right. So, again, that's that loss of control of I can't intervene. And, you know, I could call a friend and be like, look, Ian's struggling or me is struggling, you know. And yeah, but, but then you think to yourself, well, does the kid not want to, you know, hang out with Ian? Like, mm-hmm. and you're forcing it. Where right. before, when you force it, the kids have no idea. There's no thought of, right. I don't want to play with them. Or right, I don't right. want to. Now it's like, well, I don't want to hang out with them. Like, yeah. why are you forcing this on me? Right. You know? Right. It's just so much harder. Like, bigger kids, it's just, right. you know, huge problem, you know? But since he's come home, you know, and we've, we've, I'm able to focus on the aspects when he was away that I think he struggled with, I do feel more hopeful. And had that not happened and had, you know, then I wouldn't be focusing on these areas and I wouldn't be asking, you know, the people who surround me and help me to, to focus on these areas, you know, like now, now it's out there. Now we know it. And, and I think that that's good. So I do think with these situations that don't work out the way we want them to, there is still good to come from it. Well, we know it. And he knows it because we made him know it. Will he accept it? That's kind of a big difference. What do you mean? If he's going to keep trying to, you know, be with people that aren't for him, you know, just because he wants to, even though he knows it's not the right thing to do and it's probably not going to work out, but he's so hopeful Mm -hmm. and just trying to get into that, you know, I think he's going to figure it out. I hope so. I I think so. We've tried our best to, you know, make him realize. I think he will. Look, middle school is, he's, he was just in middle school. I know. It's, I don't think you can find one person who wants to go back to middle school. No. And if they did love middle school, probably they didn't, didn't love life later on. Like I would much prefer him have, you know, have hated middle school and love what's coming, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's it's so, it's not like he's the only one. We are just very, very open about this stuff. Oh, right. You know, of course. So, um, so that's, you know, I think part of, part of it. Okay. All right. Let's take a break and then we'll, I have a few more questions that we'll finish up on. Okay. All right. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how you think we've handled this, I guess, differently than we have in the past, right? So let's 
praise Adam a little bit. <laughs> I think we did a lot of that the last no, episode. No, we didn't. We just did a little bit, and oh. I skipped over it saying, let's wait for the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> All hail the king. All right, yeah. So I will let you answer that. What? <laughs> I said it already. <laughs> okay. All right. My answer to this is how did we deal with this differently than in the past Listen, I was way more involved than I ever have been in my life. I was way more having the feelings and being, you know, having the emotions and all that kind of stuff. And luckily, I was off for the week. So I had nothing else to think about other than us dealing with this together, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you know, there were there were moments where you were being irrational. You know, there were moments where I was being irrational and we were there for each other to kind of talk each other down and kind of talk reality back to each other. But I felt like we were like really an amazing team together being able to talk this thing through, have ideas. What should we do when they come home? What should we do while they're going through? Like all the things, mm-hmm. right? Don't yeah, you think? no, definitely. I felt when you went to pick her up and pick me up in New Hampshire, I remember thinking to myself, I can't do it. I can't sit in a car with her right now for mm-hmm. five. I cannot do it. And thankfully, I looked at you and I was like, will you do it? And you just didn't hesitate. And you were like, yes, mm-hmm. I will get up. And well, I, will do I it. knew when I was going to get her, like, I'm not having the conversation the whole way home. Mm-hmm. We're not talking the whole way home. I will talk to her for four minutes when I get there. Mm-hmm. I'll let her put her AirPods in and I will drive home for five and a half hours without us talking. Mm-hmm. Not you know, not, not, not that, not uncomfortably, not in a mean way, like not, none of that. Mm-hmm. Just let's have this quick initial conversation. We're going to drive home now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I felt very much like you weren't getting upset when I was talking about it. Whereas sometimes, you know, you do because you were feeling it too. I think because you were off and because you were seeing the texts and because you were seeing the emails and everything, that you understood so much more deeply how much this stuff affects you. Whereas usually you're at work and I'm dealing, I'm getting a text from Ian at school or a call from Ian at school. Mom, pick me up. I'm, you know, I'm having a hard day or whatever. And I'm like in the middle of working or, you know, I just, when you don't feel it and you hear it secondhand, it's just not the same. I just think that the way the two of us handled it together was something that we've never done before. Yeah, and you for the first time ever said, oh my God, I can't believe you've been going through stuff like this alone for so long. And I just remember that hearing those words from you, I had been needing to hear that for so long. And I realized it took this sucky situation and, you know, us ruining our, our time together, getting ruined in some sense. But that to me almost made it all worth it. Because what you were feeling, as much as I hated seeing you cry and I hated seeing you so upset and, you know, so emotional. And I was I felt so terrible that, like, you've been working your ass off for so long and this was supposed to be your time off. And we've been looking forward to it so much and everything. It it was almost worth it just to hear those words Mm -hmm. that for the first time you weren't thinking that I was over dramatizing. You weren't thinking that I was just like not able to handle something that was hard with the kids. You weren't able, like you were feeling it. And there, that is a huge different difference as a partner 
when you finally feel it as opposed to secondhand, oh, she said this, or oh, this happened, or oh, because it's already been dealt with, right? You're not feeling the in the moment, like, seriousness of it. No, in the past, I I would always feel awful for you for feeling awful about one of the kids Mm -hmm. where now it's like I'm feeling the feelings like the real you know heartbreaking how do we handle this feeling Mm -hmm. so yeah but it really is when you're in a situation like that which is why I want to be so honest in these episodes and you know because you really feel like your kid is the only one. You really feel like everybody around you's kids are thriving and, you know, everyone's posting pictures online of their kids having a great time. And, and I'm, I do that too. You know, Jonah was at Sleepaway having a great time and I posted those pictures, um, you know, because they really were really wonderful pictures. And 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 so in that in that time period, when your kid is going through it and you're seeing all this other success all around you, you're like, holy shit, it is just my kid. Well, I was thinking that while he was away and we're getting these texts and I was thinking, is it anybody else, any other parents getting texts like this? Is it just us? Mm-hmm. Is everybody else have, is anybody else having issues? Is anybody? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine there'd be anybody else having the same kind of issues that we were having. But, you know, I also thought to myself, when, when your kid is doing something different for the first time and they're not really su- maybe succeeding in the way that you had hoped, look, a lot of his friends stayed home and did the same thing they do every summer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is great, too, and fine, too. And, you know, there's a part of me that would have been like, it would have been a hell of a lot easier for him to just do that. But so when I, I'm, I'm comparing them, him to these other kids who are home doing the same things and they seem great, well, of course, you know, he did something at a young age that was really, uh, you know, scary and, and risky and, and, you know, hard. So you also have to say that, you know, it's like, you know, when the kid goes out for the soccer team and he doesn't make it and you're like, oh, my God, you know, and you see all these other kids who make it and he doesn't. Well, there's also the whole bunch of kids who were scared to even try out. Mm -hmm. And your kid did that. So, you know, there are all these elements, right? Your kid doesn't get the role in the school play that they wanted. And you're like, oh my God, you know, we had Mia applied to a program a few years ago and she didn't get in. And everybody else we knew got into this program and she didn't. And I was like devastated for her. But at the same time, I was sort of like, well, there were probably a ton of kids who didn't even apply to the program because they didn't have the guts to do it. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you never want your kid to suffer. But there is always that underlying element of, okay, they're building resiliency. And, you know, you don't want your kid to have to build resiliency every fucking time. Sometimes you want them to just fucking get the part and just fucking win and be that kid. And for our kids, sometimes it seems like more times than not, they're not that kid. They're not getting the part. They're not. You know what I mean? And so at some point, you're also like, I don't want my kid to be the fucking resilient kid, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's that element of it also. But I do think that we are setting them up, hopefully, to have the wins later because we're setting them up to know what works for them and what doesn't. So next time we plan these programs or we send our kids away, we are going to be able to better plan for what they need, 
right? Now Mia's about to look at colleges. Well, I'm, I can reassess and be like, okay, for this next stage, I can cross all these off the list because they're just not going to work for her. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, so a little bit every time there's a not win, I don't want to say a fail, but a not win, it, it gives you that, that, you know, your, what's it called? Microscope, right? <laughs> <laughs> that sciencey thing that makes things right. better. You look into bigger. it bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, into, you know, into the details. Mm-hmm. And so, but I do get that whole fuck resiliency. I just want my kid to have a fucking win. And I want us to have a fucking win. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's what this trip is going to be for us. Just a win for us. I mean, if as you can't team. have a fucking win in the Bahamas at a resort, you're <laughs> Listen, fucked. You never know. <laughs> like, I feel like at this point with our kids, it's like we're gonna get there just to be like, "Sorry, kids, Wally World's closed." <laughs> right. <laughs> Punch the moose in the nose. Yeah. yeah, of course. So we're setting. I think we, but but you know, they are gonna feel like that. I think that they're just gonna feel that. I don't have to do anything to earn this or to be. Um, you know, I don't have to do anything to to get the vacation to get. It's just going to be like we're going, mm-hmm. we're going to have fun, and that's fucking it. Right, and you better fucking have fun. Right, and not right. Think about a fucking thing other than right. Fun. Zip, yeah. We're all going to be singing yeah. zippity doo <laughs> exactly. out of our assholes. <laughs> right. Uh, by the way, this is all from vacation. If you have not seen it, it is a must. Please go watch it right now. <laughs> all right. Lastly, what I have here is what do you think that you have learned from all of this? Is let's start with being a parent. Do you have anything for that? What I've learned from all of this being a parent? Yeah. Just from this last month. Oof. I Um, mean, my answer is just, I don't want to be one. (laughs) (laughs) I say that to my mom all the time. I'm like, mom, I don't want to have kids. I don't want to adult. (laughs) This is fucking stupid. Right, right. You know? uh, Do I, I, of course, yeah, sure. Have I learned a lot about being being a parent? I think, uh, you're thinking, right? I don't think you had something like conscious there yet, ready to say. No, no. Yeah. I can tell. But my my thing is, because I had at least the time to think about this, mm-hmm. <laughs> was we've always thought to ourselves, we just want to raise good humans. We want to raise good people. Everything else will figure itself out. If they're good people and they're good to other people and they're good to themselves, that's kind of what we care about. And I think we've done that. I think we've done a really good job at that. Mm-hmm. You know, prob- probably you a little a little bit more than me mm-hmm. for them. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it turns out it's not enough because mm-hmm. it's not, not that it's not working. They are those good people we always wanted them to be. And I think we've done a phenomenal job in raising them that way. Mm-hmm. But it's obviously not enough because they have all these other issues. So we, th- we thought we were doing what we were supposed to do for us and for them. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more beyond that. Right. You know, that we have to deal with now. Well, this was also a really good learning opportunity for Mia, who is such an activist and, you know, does so many really good things. You know, she's done the, the, the episodes. She goes to marches. She's written letters to, you know, senators and everything. She does so many things. But she was in a situation where she she could have handled it differently and made the entire experience better for other kids who were struggling. You know, it was a program for neurodiverse kids. And she was making it harder for them. And when she came home, that was one of the things I said to her was, you know, 
you are you consider yourself this activist and you do a lot of talking and you post a lot of stuff on Instagram about it all and everything. You were in a situation mm-hmm. where you had a choice. You know, and I know she's still young, you know, and, and look, she's going to fuck up and make mistakes. And, she, you know, it, this this was a mistake that she made and, and we're rectifying it and she knows now. But I did say to her, you know, there are many different lanes to being an activist, right? Like that's one of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard. There's lots of lanes. Some people are comfortable with, you know, donating. Some people are comfortable with getting out there and marching. Like whatever your lane is, as long as you're doing something. But you were in a situation where you could have been like, you know what? How I act is activism in this situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, how I act is going to help these other people or hinder these other people. And I didn't, I chose the wrong path. You know, she chose the wrong path. And so that to me was also a learning experience in, you know, it's one thing to call yourself something. It's another thing to be in a situation where you can actually utilize those skills and make that your priority. Yeah, listen, it's easy to donate. It's easy to go to a march. It's easy to put on Instagram. It's I really not. It's not stuff. for everybody. That's why they okay. say your own your, your own lane. It's not easy okay. for everybody. Fine. I know what you're saying. The the physical act of doing those things is very easy. If you I guess if you can overcome the whatever you're saying. Mm-hmm. But when she has to act a certain way in a certain situation that's uncomfortable for her, that's where she needs to step up. Right. 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 And so that was a really good, you know, because you talk about raising good humans. We are. But there's also always more to learn. And, you know, I think well, she that's took, what I'm finding. Yeah. She took a step <laughs> back. And I think after I said that to her, she was sort of like, oh, shit. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I did. She and and that's why when she came back, it was so much better that we didn't just say, "Look, next time you do need to do things differently." We actually said to her, "Here are all the things that happened because of your choice." Mm-hmm. We, I mean, it was more the therapist, but it was all listed out in front of her. And once she saw that list, she was like, "Oh shit." You know, and I said that to her. I was like, when you make a post, when you write something to somebody, there is a reverberation that happens. And so I think that that was a really good lesson, too. So um, but I on Instagram, I just asked like a bunch of random questions that had to sort of do with the last episode we did for Pivot and this one um, just to get a sense of, you know, what people are dealing with. I asked uh if you have kids, do they or did they go to camp in the summer? Um, how many people do you think send their kids? Not not, not necessarily sleepaway camp, just mm-hmm. camp. Uh, 30%. Send them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, 34%. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I said, has there been a time as a parent when your kid had an, a great opportunity and they threw it away or they didn't take advantage of it? If yes, please explain uh, briefly. And um, I mean, people had so many things, you know, that that they could have. You know, they got jobs and they turned them down or um, they got into colleges and they said no or, you know, um, I have that- a great example of this, by the way. When I was a teenager, uh, when the Internet was kind of becoming a thing and to age ourselves here <laughs> it was kind of becoming a thing. Barnes and Noble started this new program. They wanted to scan in their books to have them available online for their, you know, for their website. 
and they hired me, you know, to be one of the, you know, a kid to come in and scan books and do, you know, that whole thing. And I was so fucked up at that age. And like, I didn't make it into, you know, work that the first day. And I called them and it was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought it started Tuesday, not Monday, you know, bullshitting because mm-hmm. I was, you know, fucked up. And they were like, oh, sorry, we got somebody else instead because he didn't show up or whatever. That could have been a huge opportunity for me because it was something that I loved. It was a great opportunity. It would have been perfect for me to get into this online thing that's happening. And I fucked it up, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. But you might not be sitting here right now with me had you done it. I could still be scanning books into Barnes & Noble's website. (laughs) Or you could be in like a mansion. (laughs) Right. I could own Barnes & Noble. Right. You could own Barnes & Noble. That's probably going to go under anyway, but yeah, whatever. Like people saying they their kid quit college after we'd already paid for it, and well, you did that too. But, <laughs> I did it know, all. You know, uh, just look. There were a ton of answers. I, kids do this stuff. It is part of growing up, and you know, a little bit when you're in it. Of course, you don't want it to happen, right? It sucks, but you also step back and are like, they're kids. They're kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they're learning. They're growing. They're gonna fuck up. It's just how it's going to happen, you know, and, and we just a little bit have to know that that's just part of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think us more than most, we should under have be understanding of our children fucking up in some way. Right. Because we were such fuck ups. Yeah. yeah I get and we, that. we did the things, you know, we did the things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Right. Um, and if you answered yes, that your kids hadn't taken, um, advantage of an opportunity, you know, were, were you very upset by it at the time? And, you know, 75% said yes. Yeah, like it, it, you know, bothers you. Um, if you are an empty nester or about to be, were you or are you nervous about being in the house without kids? Um, and 45% said they're very nervous about being in the house without kids. Nervous to be alone together or nervous because their kids are out on their own doing their thing? Um, I think whatever it is, they are more nervous than not. So I would imagine that all of that is a little bit of a factor. Okay. You know what I mean? But, um, 55% said they're mostly looking forward to it. So, you know. Well, we had kids at a very young age comparatively yeah. to, you know, to today's standards. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we started having kids at 28 mm-hmm. and I was always under the impression of, I want to have kids early mm-hmm. so they'll be out early yeah, and we'll be early empty nesters. And the older I get and the older our kids get, the more I feel like, hmm. Am I really feeling okay about them leaving the right, house right. and doing their thing? Well, and you realize, you you know, you think when you're that age, oh, I'm going to be an empty nester and life is going to be so easy. Your kids are still your kids. Right. And well, they're still going to struggle when they're at school. And right, like in I some th- ways, it's I harder. I thought we're going to be in our 50s when the kids are out of, their ha- out of our house. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's amazing. We're just going to be young, early empty nesters, you know? But right. no, like the more I see, the more I'm nervous are they going to be okay when they're on their own? Are they coming back now? Are mm-hmm. they, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. You, know, you have this anticipation when you're, when they're babies and you're thinking a certain way, which right. doesn't turn out always the way we thought it was going to be. Right. Then there's also part of me, I said in the last episode, that wonders how much the pandemic has affected them and their, you know, ability to be independent and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I said, do you feel like the pandemic made your kids more skeptical about leaving and being independent? Or more excited about leaving and being independent. And it was 50-50. Said they, 50% said they think their kids are more skeptical now about leaving the house. 50% said more excited. Um, and then I asked, because I did, I think I talked about Lisa Damore, who I love, who's a, you know, she she has a podcast now and everything. She's a New York Times bestseller. 
Um, she was on our podcast and everything. And she does say that for boys, 14 is just known to be the hardest age. Right. So I said, I didn't say that in the thing. I didn't give any of that away in the post on Instagram when I asked the question. I wasn't like, Lisa Demore says 14. Mm-hmm. I just said, if you have or had a teen boy, what age would you say has been or was the most challenging? Almost everybody said 14. Mm. And... um. Yeah, I mean, I, and I was really, really hoping for that. Um, or they said 14 slash 15. <laughs> Some people said 14 to 18. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, most of them said 14. So I do think that there is something to be said for that. Most challenging age for girls. Um, it was all over the place. Yeah, I was just going to say. Seventh grade. I kind of agree with that. I was just going to say yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know. Right. Um. As far as my kids going back to school, I feel more stressed or optimistic about the upcoming school year. Do you feel more stressed or more optimistic? 66% say they feel really optimistic about the upcoming school year. That's great. Yeah. I don't. I'm in the middle. (laughs) I'm in the middle. Well, we have a kid applying to, we have one applying to college, one starting high school, one starting middle school. It's going to be, it might get worse for us before it gets better. I'm not, I'm not. Not optimistic. I am optimistic. When reality sets in and I really think about it, I am fucking Nervous. scared. Yeah. yeah. Finish the following sentence. I am more blank about summer ending and fall beginning. I am more dreading or looking forward to 50-50. Okay. Yeah. I dread it. I dread school starting. Mm-hmm. I really do. I mean, it's been a hard summer, but still, the school year is hard too, man. Mm-hmm. It's all fucking hard. Yeah. It's just all hard. So... um. All right. Yeah, that's all I got. I'm done. I got yeah. I got through all my pages, all right. my notes. Do you want to tell about our voicemail? Oh yeah, sure. What's the number? Uh, <laughs> five 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 hot mama. <laughs> I sent it to you. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, re- read oh it you out. want me to read it out? All right. So we're setting up a voicemail. We would love for you guys to give us a call, leave us a voicemail. We will play it on, not necessarily, like we might play it on an upcoming episode of Marriage Martinis. Um, if you don't. If you do want to remain anonymous, don't leave your name in the voicemail because we'll play the voicemail and we'll answer anything, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And if you want to leave your first name, where you're from, don't leave your last name. Right. Um, but the num- And it could be about literally anything, mm-hmm. anything at all. You want to ask us something about our podcast. You want to ask, a, you know, you want to vent to us about something and ask our advice. You want to s- ask us about a movie or a show. It, literally anything you want to say that you've been like wanting to ask somebody or tell somebody. Do it. Do it. It's- yeah. I mean, you can literally ask us, you know, how do I still feel about never getting the Voltron set that I wanted when I was a kid? How do I feel about <laughs> it today? Like, whatever. It doesn't okay. matter. Okay. <laughs> um, is orange still your favorite color on me? <laughs> uh, no, it is not, but oh. you look wonderful in oh, orange. Oh, thank you. 848 863 8134. That number again. <laughs> just post it just you know put yeah the link. 848-863-8134 is it active right now Can it is I active call right, right now? now yeah awesome yeah all right yeah try to make it a little bit on the brief side uh probably yeah, two, keep if it's it too two long minutes, yeah, i would say most. no more than yes i would say shorter than that okay but anyway yeah brief uh and yeah we're excited i think those will be fun episodes i do too okay all right thanks guys great interview love you okay love you <laughs> bye, bye.